back, gamers, to the Uninformed Gamers Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Red Dreams, Red Dreams Review. And as always, we have our two fantastic and illustrious hosts. We have Darkness Tiger, or Devin. Hey, hi. And we have Chris I Chameleon I. Hey, yo. Hey. And today we have a very special episode. It's our very first uh, time doing this is bringing a outside guest for a kind of uh, dive into the information technology field as well as the tech field uh, because what I have been up to uh, since the last podcast is I have been down in Georgia visiting a relative, specifically my wife's cousin, George, who is a recently retired IT professional who has been in the industry for what is it 30 years or so very long time so that will be very exciting so before we dive into that uh what have you two been up to um i will go ahead and do a quick start if that's okay chris all you man all right thank you appreciate it um i've actually just been doing my typical gaming this week, Formula One is currently in the United Kingdom at Silver uh, Silver Spring or Silverstone, one of the two. And I've been playing the Formula One, just going around the track as Lewis Hamilton, kind of getting myself in the race mood. Very good. On, uh, I believe it was Monday, I actually ventured out to the movie theater to um, go see a new film. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I did not love this film in which I saw. Uh-oh. Yep. Oh boy. They they all can't be hitters. They all can't be winners. Um, when I opened up the Movie Pass app, I saw that this film was not on the Movie Pass app. But I saw that okay, well, I'll go to a different theater because the film didn't have a good showing time. But the one mm-hmm. the theater I went to was able to show it at four twenty. So I was like, you know, let me go to a different theater. And when I got there, the theater was actually doing five dollar movie nights. Oh wow! Yeah, it's customer appreciation and. Hey. Uh, I appreciate them very much for that. And uh, the movie theater itself was kind of dingy, kind of run down. But you know what? I kind of like that feel. Reminds me of the old school movie theaters. And so because it was only five bucks, if I was going to use the movie pass, I would still be like giving up full credits worth of movie. Yeah, I was going to say you'd be kind of in the hole. Yeah. So I decided to pay for this movie out of pocket. And the movie was the Indiana Jones Dial of Destiny. Okay, uh, so I believe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, George was going to be going to see that. Is, is that right, George? Yeah, I'm supposed to go see it this weekend. So I'm very interested. I've been following a lot of influencers on YouTube who give reviews of movies and so forth. So I'm very curious to hear your take on it. Well, I'm going to preface this with by saying I have never been the biggest Indiana Jones fan. Okay. But I will also preface it in saying that Han Solo is not my favorite character in the in the Star Wars universe either. I don't know if it's my indifference to Harrison Ford as an actor, or if it's just the stuff that he does. It just doesn't do it for me. Hmm. So I will also also say that I've only ever seen the very first Indiana Jones, okay, the fourth one, and the fifth one. The fifth one being the most recent. Okay, so so you've seen so the first one was uh, Raiders. Yep, Raiders of Lost Ark, phenomenal movie. So, and then, you saw Christmas Skull. Yep, I saw Christmas Skull, which was awful. 
Yeah, I, I saw Crystal Skull as well, and I, I wasn't a fan of that. I know they were trying to like pass the torch to Shia LaBeouf, but it just wasn't uh, translating well with that with that and film. They, they talk about that plot hole in this movie just for a <laughs> split second. Uh, <laughs> I know. Uh, I mean, if you've only seen Raiders, I would definitely recommend seeing uh, Temple of Doom as well as Last Crusade. They are good. Um, Personally, I, I enjoyed Raiders the most, but um, both the second and third one were also solid entries. After watching Dial of Destiny, I can safely say that you don't need to watch all of them to really understand what's going on. Honestly, if a person were to walk in never having seen an Indiana Jones film before, they could probably get through it without too much of a hassle. Mm-hmm. Overall, I thought the movie, if I'm going to give it an uninformed gamer's rating, I'm probably going to give it a, a solid three out of five. It's So like average? I think it was average. It was a movie okay. that I'm glad I've seen, but I don't ever see myself ever watching it again. Mm, I see. Okay. okay. That's fair. The reason being is this is supposed to be quote unquote, this is supposed to be quote unquote, the very last Indiana Jones film. I don't know if it's because No Time to Die, the very final uh, Daniel Craig James Bond movie, set a final movie bar so high, but this did not feel like the last movie. It just felt like another mid-tier movie. Mm. In my opinion, it did not give Harrison Ford's character, Indiana Jones, a great final send-off. I just thought it was just an average movie. Mm -hmm. After I'm done, I'm like, oh, okay. I know this is the last one. But it doesn't feel like it's the last one. Okay, I see what you're saying. And this, I'm not saying that it ends on a cliffhanger. <laughs> nope, it, it ends. But I don't feel like the stakes were high enough or the movie was built or wrote strong enough for this to be the final goodbye. Hmm. And so that's why I'm going to give this a three uninformed gamer score out of five. If you're a big fan of Indiana Jones, I'm sure you will find this movie okay. If you're a big fan of Phoebe Walter Bridge, who I don't know who exactly is a big fan of her. Um, you'll enjoy female this. Is correct. Yeah, she is the female lead. She plays his okay. niece. And uh, you might recognize her from The Flea, I believe, is her main role. And she is allegedly going to be doing the TV series Tomb Raider. Hmm. I, think that, I think that since she is a known for her comedy, her comedy role, that she didn't really fit this role that great. Overall, I thought it was just an okay film, but it's definitely a film that might divide people. I did not love it as much as I was hoping I was I going you. to. Yep. Okay. okay. So what about okay. you, Chris? What have you been up to? Um, <clears throat> I've been playing a lot of uh, RuneScape, um, a lot of old school RuneScape, and I'm trying to think, have I watched anything recently? Uh, I'm fully caught up on one. Hey, right now, there so. you go. I, is that even possible? That's impressive, yeah. actually. For uh, very commendable. <laughs> How many episodes? That's over a thousand. Oh, <laughs> I know that. Absolutely not. Uh, isn't it like around a thousand sixty something? That sounds pretty accurate. I'm at. Let's see. Oh man, it doesn't even tell you. Hold on. Search, yeah, thousand fifty-three. Oh, wow. That's a lot of episodes. That is insane. 
I lied. A thousand sixty-seven. Oh, okay. There's oh, a more up to date. Yes, I am fully up to date. Usually, I kind of like because it's my like my favorite and like longest one running one. I usually kind of like let a few episodes build up and then I like watch ten episodes mm-hmm. in a row and then you know become depressed because now because now up. now you have to wait. <laughs> right, right. Now, uh, so before we dive in. Are you going to be watching the live action uh, show on Netflix? Yes, I will absolutely check nice. it out. All just to see what it's about. Episodes? No, they're just covering. Um, I think they're going up to. I don't know what arc they're uh, going to be going up to, but obviously they're they're not going to cover like a whole whole lot. Yeah, it, it'd be probably very early. Probably but like Buggy the yeah, Clown. Yeah, I, I know but he's in it. But imagine if they did cover every episode that they did in anime. You would have a job for life. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, I, uh, I do think if yeah. this uh, live action uh, rendition of One Piece goes well, they'll do more and more seasons. I hope so. I hope it goes yeah, really, really well. Yeah, I mean, it well. looks good. I, I really like it. Um, and it seems like they're, you know, trying to stay true to the original material as best as they can while trying to curate it for, like, no live action. Uh, so I'm definitely eager to see. Heck right. yeah. Mason, what's been going well, on in your realm? Before, I have been on vacation in Georgia, so I haven't really done too much in terms of gaming, but have been doing a lot of uh, sightseeing. Uh, checked out uh, Charleston for the first time in South Carolina, so that was a very, very good time. A lot of historical uh, sites, uh, sounds, and experiences. So that was very good. And have also been experiencing Atlanta um, and just like that surrounding area. And I was uh, talking to my wife's cousin, George, about our podcast. And I thought, you know what, based on his background, I thought, you know, he could have a really nice insight into the tech sphere that, you know, we like to dive into a lot on these episodes. So uh, with that being said, I kind of want to shift gears and move to him and he can kind of go over uh, his background in the tech industry as well as uh, some notable things that he's worked on. Uh, so George, take it away. All right. Hey, uh, so... I am what you would consider to be a true baby boomer. Uh, I was born in 1959. Um, My dad was in the Second World War, so I am a baby boomer. So I have seen so much in my lifetime when it comes to technology. Uh, I have done things for a living, jobs that don't even exist anymore. I was... Uh, Right out of high school, I was an operator. I was a 411 operator where somebody would have to dial 411 on their telephone to get somebody else's phone number. Uh, I mean, you don't even do that anymore, right? I mean, with the (laughs) cell phone, I mean, you don't even know. Half the people, when you ask somebody to give you the 411 on something, they don't even understand what you're talking about. Yeah, like, what is a telephone? No. Yeah. I don't. So if, if, <laughs> if somebody says to you, give me the 411, 
really what they're asking for is give me the information on that. What are you trying to tell me? Right. Um, so that's right. just kind of like slang. I've sold, uh, I've sold ads in the yellow pages. I mean, do you even, when was the last time you even saw a phone book? Right. We, uh, when I was walking past the dumpster. Exactly. You know, I mean, they're so small anymore. You use them <laughs> if a table's wobbling at Panera, right? You just stick it out of there. To, yeah, yeah. You know, so. Oh, yeah. I, when I was selling, I realized that that was not what I wanted to do. So I started taking classes to become certified in Microsoft. So I have an MCP certification from Microsoft. Um, I have written programs. I started programming in Fortran. That was the first programming language I ever learned. And then I'm self-taught in basic. I've uh, written computer programs for a company down in Florida that was a car rental company, uh, basically doing inventory. Uh, keeping their book straight, did the whole thing in basic. I wrote a basic program for a customer here in Atlanta who owned a pawn shop to keep track of his inventory, keep his book straight, things like that. Um, but I have been around, you know, to hear you guys talk about gaming, I used to go to the bank at lunch and get rolls of quarters on a Friday afternoon because I knew Friday night we were going to the bar to play Pac-Man. And back in those days, the Pac-Man machine was like, they were just huge, right? And you would just go get a roll of quarters and everybody would just stand there and dump quarters into these machines, whether it was Pac-Man. I remember when Ms. Pac-Man came out, everybody was going nuts over that. Asteroid, Centipede, all those kind of games that, you know, what's old is new again. Right. You see them on all these consoles nowadays and, and everybody just likes the throwback vibe of the whole thing. Um, oh, yeah. So, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. Um, I remember when I was a boy, a young boy, um, I used to watch what at that time we would consider to be a cartoon, which I'm really not quite sure what the difference is between <laughs> cartoons and anime. But, you know, there you go. I used to watch this cartoon. It was called Eighth Man. Have you guys ever heard of that? I have not. I it on YouTube sometimes. <laughs> just search for it. It's the number eight, Eighth Man. And basically, this guy was like a reporter or something. He got in a car accident, and this professor pulled him out of the wreckage and turned him into a robot. Okay. Uh, and he was like a, he was like a crime fighter. And that was the thing back in the day, those kind of things. Um, so yeah, my first computer was an Atari 800, um, you know, and that was like state of the art back in the day that came out right after the Commodore 64 hit the street and prior to, uh, the IBM PC. And back in those days, we didn't have windows. Uh, hell, you didn't even have a mouse. Um, you just used like keyboard, right? You just, used, you just used keyboard. Uh, and then when the, when the uh, mouse came out, they weren't optical. They had the little roller ball in them that you used to have to take that ball out of the mouse every now and then and clean the link off of the connectors because the ball wouldn't react to how you were moving the mouse. I mean, it's not the way technology has advanced. And I feel fortunate that I've seen a lot of this, you know, in my lifetime. And I try to stay as current as I can with things. Mm-hmm. So, during your your time uh, working in IT and everything, what would you say has been like 
the more like interesting jobs that you've done? Well, I I did some IT at the phone company. Um, my IT work was always dealing with um, you know employees. Nothing outside of the company. I was supporting people inside the company. Um, you know, and back in the day, there were, there were no CD-ROMs, there were no DVDs. How you know at the beginning we were using floppy disks, right? And um, five and a quarter, and I've even been around for the eight-inch floppies that. And went the way of the dinosaur very quickly. And I remember growing up, uh, you know, we were all kind of born in like the 90s. So we were at the tail end of the floppy disk. Um, yep. I remember, you know, uh, installing flash games. They're like 32-bit, 16-bit games that you can install on these uh, floppy disks. And you install them on like a school computer or just your computer at home. Yeah. Um, and... I vividly remember going to school to computer lab and plugging in those uh, discs, their computers, and just instead of actually doing my schoolwork, yeah. <laughs> playing the games that I installed on the disc. So, you know, when, when, when I had my Atari, my 800, there were no spent a few days. You would stack maybe two or three floppy drives on top of each other. And just pop these discs in and out as you needed them because there was really no internal memory mm -hmm. on these devices. You might have 8K, 16K, something like that. And then when the first hard drive came out and they were 20 megabytes, people were like, my God, what, what would you even need to fill all that? Yeah. How would you ever fill that? Uh, it was just crazy. And, and, you know, that kind of started this whole boom of. You know, everything just started happening in rapid succession. And just when you got used to the to the latest, greatest technology, here came the newest thing right behind it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I was uh, 20, 21 years old, I went to my local credit union and took out a $1,000 loan so I could buy a Betamax VCR. Oh, that's, at that time, I was like, uh, cutting edge. I mean, mm -hmm. The remote was wired. We didn't have wireless remotes back in those days. And that was when the, the street fight between VHS and Beta was really getting off the ground. And, you know, it was really it decided which one of those two formats was going to be the winner. Uh, and it turned out to be VHS. I didn't have some Beta tapes floating around my house. I don't have anything to play them on. Because it, it was like obsolete technology. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that's what happens even today, right? We see these these new technologies come out, uh, like, uh, you know, what, 10, 20 years ago, digital audio tape was supposed to be something that was going to rival CDs. Well, it just didn't take off, right? Uh, then we went from CDs, and now we're, you know, everything's stored in the cloud, everything's streaming, and now people are longing for the old days of vinyl records where they would just go out and buy you can go to Target now and they have whole sections of nothing but albums that you can go through. Right? Yeah, I, so. I I definitely noticed that too now nowadays is vinyl is still a strong presence in terms of just audio listeners. Have you guys noticed that too with uh like records? It's actually funny you say that because one of the coffee shops that I frequently frequently work at upstairs is actual a vinyl. They actually sell vinyls. Uh, yeah, so you'll see while I'm sitting there uh, drinking my coffee and 
preparing my uh, data mm -hmm. or whatever. People will come through, they'll come up, they will go ahead and shift through the vinyls, grab the one. I even have a friend who collects vinyls and he actually has an actual classic record player. And, and that's how he prefers to listen mm -hmm. to his music. Not like Bluetooth speakers and Spotify like I yeah. do, but he will actually go out vinyl collecting. Like, you know, the thing it is, it's like, it's very convenient the way that we have it these days. As somebody that, that used to have vinyl and even eight tracks for that matter, you know, to me, vinyl is just one big pain in the ass because no matter how careful you are, the damn things end up getting scratched. Yeah. And, you know, yep, yep. I love the convenience of streaming. I love getting in my car, listening to what I was, if I had started a podcast in my house, I can get in my car and pick it up right where I left off. There's nothing to worry about. You're just good to go. Is the sound quality the same? Probably not because a lot of this stuff is super compressed. But you always can have some kind of trade-off. You got the convenience factor for maybe a little less sound quality, mm -hmm. right? So it's really up to you to decide what you like. Me personally, I love the convenience factor of all of it. Yeah, for sure. And when we were uh, speaking to one another about like your your background and everything, the one of the companies that you did work for that stuck out to me was uh, SpaceX. Yes. Dive into that more, or were you uh, like barred from speaking? No, no. So in the in the last job that I had that I retired from, SpaceX was one of my customers. So I would support them remotely, uh, manage their printer fleet for various locations, whether it was at the Cape, uh, out in Hawthorne in California, Boca Chica down in Texas. Um, I would uh, have access to their printer fleet, make sure everything was managed correctly. And the thing that's interesting is not to tell tales out of school or anything, but when you get involved with some of these tech companies, like let's just use SpaceX for, for an example, they're trying to put a man on Mars. And internally, some of these companies can be the most confused cluster that you'll ever want to get involved in. And it's just fascinating when you kind of scratch the surface and get into some of these companies. You think they really got it going on, and they do, right? But not in the areas that you might think. Uh, you would think that they would be a little more organized than what they turned out to be. So it's just fascinating. I would actually, could it be possible for me to ask a follow-up question yeah, sure. to that? Now, SpaceX, I believe the CEO for SpaceX is Elon yeah. Musk. And we see how Elon Musk publicly runs Twitter. And it's not the greatest ran company. But it seems like SpaceX, which is literally sending people to space, doesn't experience the same challenges that Twitter does. Is that true just on the surface? Because we don't really hear a lot about SpaceX as being a poorly run company, we just kind of hear more about of its successes. Well, you know, the thing of it is, is that you don't have the public interaction with a SpaceX that you do with a Twitter. People mm. get very um, connected, involved with social media companies, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever the case may be, because they are interacting with it on a daily basis. Your interaction with SpaceX might be watching the launch on YouTube and then watching the uh, rocket land on one of their drone ships out of the ocean, right? Um, unless something big is coming up, like docking with the uh, ISS 
or having a money go up, whatever the case may be. But most of the time, the public's fascination with these tech companies, I think, really grow when they have a direct interaction with them. Ah, okay. That makes a lot of sense. And then, um, so while we're on the same topic of uh, Elon Musk and, and Twitter, he also runs Tesla, which I understand uh, you are a owner of a Tesla vehicle, right? That is correct, yes. So touch more on like how you feel as a, I guess, Tesla vehicle owner and how you feel like Elon Musk runs the company itself. Because I know Devin, you're, you're pretty interested in, in, in that sort of uh, area, right? I am. I was actually, before this podcast, I was specking out a uh, Tesla Model Y long okay. range. You've come to the right place. We can talk about that. Perfect. So I bought my Tesla in 2019. And I can tell you that it is not the same car that I bought today that I bought back in 2019. Now, the reason I say that is, is this car gets updates over the air, like maybe once every two or three months. So it's like cloud-based yes. in terms of the updates? Correct. The best, the best way to, thing to compare it to would be your iPhone, your Android, whatever the case may be. I'll get a notification on my phone that there's an update available for my car. I click the button on my phone and the download starts to my car and I get the update. Now that update might be updated navigation software. Uh, it might be something where the government said you need to recall the vehicles for something or other. And a lot of these can be fixed via software. Um, okay. I have a, a uh, fast charger in my garage. Uh, so I just plug in every night before I go to bed. And when I'm ready to go in the morning, I've got what would be the equivalent of a full tank of gas. So I have a pretty a pretty direct question. Yeah. Now, you said you've owned your vehicle since 2019, so that makes your uh, Tesla about four right. years old. I believe um, the U.S. reports listed the average age of the current vehicle on in the United States as 12 right. years. If you were going to replace your Tesla or just just say you're, for whatever which reason, you had to replace your current vehicle, would you get another Tesla or would you even get another electric vehicle? Or would you move back to an ICE, an internal combustion engine car? So would you keep your Tesla, stay in the EV realm, or go back to a gas-powered I vehicle? would 100% get another Tesla. Wow. I would, and, and I'll tell you why I say that. Tesla's charging network when you're on the road is second to none. What has really held back the transition from ICE vehicles to EVs is the infrastructure. the infrastructure and the fear that people have that they're not going to be able to drive like they can in their gas car without finding a place to charge. Now, when Nathan and I were coming home from Charleston back to Atlanta, he was in the car with me and he mm -hmm. can attest to this. There is absolutely no fear that you're that you're going to run out of charge. The car basically tells you where you need to stop, how long you're going to be there, and how long you're going to be charging, what it's going to cost you. 
Um, it is about as seamless as you're going to get. Would I buy another Model 3, which is the one I have now? I don't know. I like the Model Y because it's a little bigger. Um, it would be between those two vehicles. But under no circumstances would I ever go back to an internal combustion engine. Not so much because I care about saving the planet, even though that is important to me, but I'm a technology junkie, and this car is really made for people like me. Mm-hmm. And one okay. of the biggest things that I noticed being a passenger in, a, in the Tesla in terms of driving long distances is, um, let's say, the equivalent of a full charge and a full tank of gas, right? Is, you know, we could travel... A, I would argue, like, I mean, it was over 100 miles uh, on a full charge, um, possibly closer to around like 200. 200 is what my car is rated at. Yeah, it was very close to 200. And in terms of pricing, if, if you know, he stops at a charging station, you show me like a breakdown of how much you pay, right? Uh, and it was roughly around, I would say, $10, maybe. Yeah. So this trip that we just took, round trip, um, I put 766 miles on the car, and I paid a grand total of $40 for electricity to charge it. So if you take $3 a gallon gas as as a base point, you're looking at a car that got gasoline equivalent of a little over 50 miles to the gallon. Okay. I wish my gas was $3. My, I have a diesel. I have a diesel vehicle, so mine is definitely more mm-hmm. expensive. Um, but I will, I do, I actually have a couple of series of questions, if yeah, that's okay, that I did think of before you. Um, we can start with the hard one and we can work our way to the easy one, or we can start with the easy one and work our way to the hard one. All right, that's fair. We'll start with our easy one and work our way up. So I have. I have three questions for you, all of which are very different, but all of which kind of have to do with the tech realm. And one you've kind of already touched on, and that's to do with social media. And the question is, Meta has recently launched their Twitter Twitter clone called Threads. Is this going to be an actual rival to Twitter, or will this be another project that Meta quietly cancels in a few years? And if so, why do some users flock to one social media and stay there? where others are completely abandoned. Do you see Threads, Meta's Twitter clone, becoming the next big thing, or is this just kind of a fad, Meta's chasing a fad of Twitter? So I think that the one thing that worries me about this new platform is that, first of all, you have to have an Instagram account to use it, right? So now you've right. got Facebook, who now has Instagram, Mm -hmm. who now has Threads, right? So you've got, I think people are privacy conscious. I don't think that they used to be that way, but that seems to be a real big concern now is the privacy issue. Um, Is it easy to sign up? It seems to be as long as you have an Instagram account. How easy is it to get out of it? That I don't know, because I haven't really seen any kind of reports on that yet. They may be out there, but I haven't read them. Um, I prefer Twitter. I just like the format. I liked it before Elon took it over. I think he cleaned it up a lot. I give him kudos for that. Um, And I do think 
that this is just Mark Zuckerberg trying to stick a finger in the eye of Elon Musk. Um, but we'll have to wait and see how it goes. For people that have concerns about privacy, I'm not sure how well it's going to do. For people that are looking for convenience that already have a Facebook and an Instagram account, they may well walk right to it and be very happy. Okay. Well, we'll definitely talk about uh, Zuckerberg giving Elon Musk a finger yes. in the eye, usually in the form of a fist a little yeah, bit later. But my next question is, and since you have a Tesla, I think you can, you'll can you definitely be able to speak to this. Recently, Volkswagen announced that they will be bringing a series of EV vans to Austin, Texas to start testing its autonomous capabilities. Volkswagen has not been the only company to test their autonomous capabilities. Waymo, Uber, Tesla, and even GM have all had some form of ongoing test throughout the U.S. Would you say we are any closer to having a driverless car on the road than we were last year? And what are the biggest challenges that full autonomy must overcome? So the biggest, the, I do think we are closer, okay? When I bought my Model 3, I had the choice of either, either getting a longer range battery and forgoing the full self-driving capability or getting the full self-driving capability and getting a battery that had like 200 miles of range. I went for the right. self-drive. So I am on the full self-drive beta program with Tesla. Um, our airport here in Atlanta from my house is roughly about 40 miles. Not too long ago, my car drove me to the airport the entire way without any intervention on my part. So when when you speak on when you speak on not entering any any intervention from your part, what exactly does that mean? Like from when you unplugged it to when you got in the car, you didn't very well. Like what does that exactly look what like? What looks like is you tell the car where you want to go. The car then routes its uh, course based on traffic conditions. And Tesla uses Google, by the way, for their mapping uh, capabilities. And all you have to basically do is keep your hand on the steering wheel so that the car senses that you are actually there and paying attention. And as long as you do that, the car will drive itself, it will make lane changes, it will take exits, it will move itself around slow traffic. It will do everything that a human driver can do. It has a series of cameras and sensors that are currently, that are always monitoring its surroundings to make sure that it doesn't like run into a person or run into a parked truck or whatever the case may be. Right. And it seems like, I, I know Uber recently actually had to stop their test because one of their autonomous vehicles had hit someone who was walking in the street at night. The car that they were driving, I believe was a Volvo of some sort, but there was a person behind the wheel. Though they were texting behind the wheel, the vehicle still ended up hitting this yeah. person. So what are some of the challenges that the EV market has to figure out before this can be a full, every car can be driverless, we don't really need to pay attention. I believe I believe that's called level four autonomy. So a lot of these autonomous uh, companies like Waymo or Uber, whatever the case may be, they rely on a system that's called LIDAR. And basically what LIDAR is, is they have 
they have sensors and cameras and so forth that are looking at their surroundings, but their mapping data is information that is basically just downloaded to the car. It is not dynamic, okay? Mm -hmm. With the Tesla, it's relying on mapping information plus radar. So the radar is actually looking at the surroundings and can adapt itself more quickly to changes that may happen. Somebody ran out in front of it. A deer ran out in front of the car. Uh, there are traffic cones in front of you, things like that, because the system is not static. It's more dynamic, right? Mm -hmm. So those are the big differences. Uh, Elon has called LIDAR fool's gold because it might look good on paper, but there are a lot of downfalls to it. And the lack of updated dynamic information, in my opinion anyway, is one of those downfalls. Okay, thank you. And for the third and final question, and one of the more difficult ones. Here we go. <laughs> we'll see, we'll see. Uh, everybody get prepared to take a shot. On July 6th, Brookings Institute released an article titled Crypto Crashes and Job Slashes. Uh, get, your, uh, get your alcohol ready, folks. We were talking about crypto. Yep. Get, your, get your whiskey together, unless you're our sister. <laughs> 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 Lessons for local leaders on building an innovative ecosystem. In this article, it talks about how we went from a crypto boom as early as the first half of 2022. But as recently as right. mid-2022... We have seen a recession of not only crypto jobs, but also investments from venture capitalists. What seems to be replacing crypto interest, jobs, and investment is artificial intelligence. Why are we seeing such a shift from crypto to artificial intelligence now? And will we eventually be seeing a waning interest in AI at some point as well? My personal opinion is, is that people do not understand crypto. They don't understand what it's all about. They kind of tied it back into what we were talking about a minute ago with Tesla and electric vehicles. There's a fear of convenience, right? They don't know how convenient mm -hmm. it would be. I also think that digital currency has a stigma attached to it because people see it as being more controlled by the government as opposed mm -hmm. to cash. You know, there's a reason why we're going to kind of get off track here. But there's a reason That's why okay. when you see a news story on, on TV about a big drug bust that you don't see a bunch of cocaine stacked next to a bunch of credit cards. It's always stacked next to a bunch of cash because cash is untraceable. And that's but unless you have like the serial numbers, right? Exactly. And that kind of convenience and that kind of uh, anonymity is what people are looking for. Because you can't trace the cash back to an individual. That's right, right? All I know is, is that, you know, I gave you this amount of money and you gave me this amount of cocaine, right? I'm not gonna pay for that with my American Express card. Yeah, because that's traceable. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, that'd be really dumb too, right? And I think that crypto has, you know, has, some potential. I have some friends that have made a lot of money in crypto, right? But, you know, when you tell people that crypto is just something that's tracked on this huge ledger out on the internet, 
you know, their eyes just kind of gloss over. They're, you know, it's like, it's it's not like just taking a credit card out or taking a $10 bill out of your wallet. I think it, it has to get more mainstream before people are going to be comfortable with it. Mm -hmm. And then like for, for like artificial intelligence as well, uh, I don't think the interest in AI is going to wane. I do think it'll just keep on uh, snowballing, in, in my opinion. And I don't think it's going to go away anytime soon. Uh, I mean, would you agree with that uh, like from your perspective? I would. I find AI to be fascinating. I've got uh, ChatGPT loaded on my iPhone. And what I like about it is, is that, you know, if I Google, you know, tell me how to, uh, what's the quickest way to train, train for a 10K race? It's going to tell me the answer based on the information it has. I'm not going to get 50 links that I got to go then click on and keep reading and keep going down these rabbit holes. It's just going to tell me what I need to know and let me move right. on. Is it 100% accurate? Probably not. But neither is the internet in general, right? So true. You know, the internet is so just true. the tabloid newspaper of the 21st century. That's a really good way to put that, actually. I like that. I want to put that, I want to put that quote on a t-shirt, George. Yeah. I know that. That that's that's a very telling uh, comment as well in regards to the to the internet because information is so quick and it's ever changing and it does function like the tabloids because as we have seen on Twitter or just uh, Facebook or other social media sites uh, people go wild with rumors. Yeah, you know, there's a saying and I and I can't remember exactly how it goes, but you know, a lie can go around the world before the truth gets out of bed. Or something like that, right. That's, that's true. That. So true. Now, uh, with the questions that you had, Devin, Chris, did, did you have any questions for, for George? Yeah, mine, um, the, the, the one question I had is kind of just piggybacks, just a little bit off of Devin's last question. Um, yeah, I was just, uh, I just wanted to see George's thoughts on like, um, like, what are your thoughts on like where we are headed with the AI technology? Like um, just like an overall, like what do you think are going to be the limits of it? The, the really good things that we might be able to pull out of it. I think the limits of it are going to be more ethical than, yeah. than the ability of it to, you know, to, to advance in any other area. We're going to have to decide, are we comfortable you know, because right now it's only as good as the information that's fed into it, right? True. Um, are True. we going to be comfortable with a point where this could start to do things on its own, right? I mean, right now you can tell it to write a song in the style of Bob Dylan about going out for ice cream on a Saturday afternoon, right? But it's just getting that information from a database, you know, that's already out there. Um, what I would really like to see, and I hope we see, is that it gets to the point where it can figure out things that we as human beings cannot, you know, figure out. I don't know if that's a cure Absolutely. for a disease. I don't know if that's better prescription drugs or whatever it is, but it definitely has the potential and the power to do things much faster than mm. human beings can currently. Right. 
Absolutely. The thing that worries me the most about it, though, to be honest with you, is to see a bunch of 80-year-old people in Washington, D.C. trying to figure out what we should do with it when three quarters of them probably can't add a new phone number to their cell phone. You know? You're not I mean, wrong. We, we, we <laughs> saw that, you know, um, from the outside looking in, in the congressional hearings with Mark Zuckerberg and Congress. We saw that with the TikTok CEO. You know, you have these leaders in these elected positions that are supposed to be in charge of the United States not understanding not only the internet, but just technology in general. It's just, it's such a foreign concept to them, it seems. And it's, it's honestly baffling. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, um, George, I haven't talked about this, but I actually work in, I lead like a team of like software testers. Um, and so the software I'm working on currently we just implemented uh, AI into it, and I was the primary one that actually did the testing uh-huh. for it. And it was um, it was to make a process that we do just faster. So uh, basically, we run like uh, sessions for like doctors and um, and their patients so that they can give like feedback on like different treatments of like drugs and different things like that. And um, so they, there's a lot of like. Um, like comments, interaction, and like contributions to like different questions that these uh, users are asked. And so at the end of like a, or like in the middle of a session, someone from one of the medical companies might want to ask, okay, uh, can you guys give us kind of like a, a summary of what you've, uh, what you've gotten from so far from the answers that have been provided? Um, so we, uh, we actually use chat. Well, we use, uh, GPT 3.5 to, um, to like, uh, take that information and then, um, digest it into like, a like, a it's like, we, we, uh, shorten it to about like five bullet points mm-hmm. of like, these are the main things that are coming from this, uh, summary. Yeah. um, so it's, it's pretty cool. Something that just, and that used to take us about two weeks. To yeah. do. <laughs> so how long does it take now? uh seconds wow yeah that's amazing so let me ask you guys a question as as with your age groups um is there anything in the realm of technology that frightens you i mean uh, first of all we've had a whole episode about artificial intelligence and the ethical implications of it um if you haven't listened to it, I highly recommend uh, checking that one out. It was uh, a very good topic in regards to like the ethical dilemmas surrounding artificial intelligence, morality, and things of that nature. Um, my biggest fear with technology is that people will use it as a replacement for their cognitive thinking and uh, not use their own uh, thoughts and feelings as well as critical thinking skills to solve problems of today or tomorrow, instead, you know, relying on a tool to do that for them. So that, I would say that's my biggest fear is the um, reliance on this technology as a replacement for that sort of thinking and kind of like almost dumbing down uh, the population. That's one of my biggest fears. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Chris. I'll do the last one. 
Yeah. Um, uh, what comes to my mind is, is I do fear uh, AI just a bit um, just because it can do things just so much better than humans. Yeah. <laughs> just just certain things at the moment, but it, it's enough to be like, oh man, if this we let this grow, this will just take like uh, someone's job. So like, I personally am for limiting it from just like just straight out erasing people's jobs. Like, sure, I would love like more uh, machines and AI to learn to do some of those like dangerous things that humans really shouldn't be doing. Um, but, uh, I would like it to do less of like what we could do and which is like a current job for someone so that we're not like eliminating, uh, people's like sources of income. Yeah. You know, it's, we, we all feel sorry for the other guy when he loses his job to automation, but when it comes to our job, that's different and it, and it always will be right. It's like as, as yeah. soon as you got your house in the suburbs, you don't want any more building going on. It's like, hey, look, I got mine. Now we can stop, right? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that's not yep. the way the world works. If they find a way to monetize this, then the sky's the limit. Yeah. I mean, because let's face sure. it, in our society right now, money is what drives everything, right? Literally. So, um, but there has to be uh, an ethical um you know thing around this thing so it just doesn't start going crazy because we're starting to get into into a territory here that takes off very quickly because you know a year or two ago nobody was even talking about this no it was right? just like, like a year or two ago it was just like murmurs of of artificial intelligence it was like oh it was more of an idea it was like a concept but now it's yeah. definitely taking shape. See, for me, I would, and I, bouncing off your point real quick, uh, I think that AI should enhance human capability, yeah. not replace Agreed. it. I think yep. that's the regulation that we should be pushing not our 80-year-old elected officials <laughs> for, is that this is a tool in which we can use, but this should not be a tool which can use, be used to exactly. replace us. Exactly. But I think my biggest fear is actually not necessarily AI itself or even tech itself. My biggest fear is the bad actors who can yeah. utilize it. And you know what? That's a very good point because for all the good that people are trying to get out of it, there are a number of people that are trying to, you know, get bad out of it. Um, you know, exactly. And one of the one of the major talking points that we have on, on our company is we do with we before each meeting we do what's called safety shares and on one of our company wide one uh, a safety share was brought up about a woman who had received a phone call from which she believed was her daughter saying that she was uh, captured in Mexico mm -hmm. and they to to give her five thousand dollars to be set free. Yeah. Well, this turned not to be true at all. It was actually an artificial intelligence voice who had recorded the girl's the daughter's voice. And it called her contacts and asked every person in the contacts to send money to let her go. So when we have an older community who are still not exactly entirely sure most things in the tech sphere, I fear that a lot of people who are in their retirement age, people who are just not all in that tech, will be victims of scams that we may recognize as easily being scams, but they don't know the full capability of what is a scam now. Yeah, and I agree with that. And, you know, for myself, I've always been interested in technology. Always. I can't remember a time when I wasn't. 
right? So I'm, right. I'm, you know, I don't want to say that I'm more capable, but, you know, I can spot these scams where, you know, other people might not, right? Um, yeah. So, you know, you just, I don't know how you get around that. I mean, there's a, I don't know if you guys have heard this or not, but there's a, uh, in a month or so, there's a new Beatles song coming out um, that is going to have John Lennon and Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr. They're using extract John Lennon's voice from this order that just had a bunch of background hisses. So they did artificial intelligence to extract his voice. Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr are going to add music to this voice themselves, and it's going to come out as the last Beatle. And that's primarily due to artificial intelligence. And if I'm not mistaken, other things uh, to that effect have been done with like holograms as well. Um, you know, you have these like holographic digital concerts being put on uh, from people that have passed away. You know, you, you had a concert done with, uh, who was it? Um, it was Whitney Houston yeah, and Tupac. Yeah, the- yeah and then there's there one, I believe Michael Jackson as well. Yeah, Michael um, so, well. And I don't know if artificial intelligence had a role in that holographic show or not, but I imagine it would. I will say there was a recent story within the last, I want to say, six months where a you guys know the rapper yeah. Drake. Uh, generally, when Drake releases a song, it generally goes to number one because Drake is one of the top artists of all time. Well, there was a song that Drake released and it went straight to the top of the charts. But interestingly, it didn't it didn't chart. It went to the top of the charts only online. And it was the number one song online, but it was not getting any radio. Oh, interesting. And yeah, and the reason because of that, the reason for that is that the song was actually not a Drake song at all. He never read it, he never produced it. A guy actually did an artificial intelligence mashup of Drake's former songs. And so the question became, if this is a number one hit and Drake's voice is it, can Drake sue? Does Drake earn any money from this? <laughs> that, that is so questionable. Yep. And the guy, I think, actually ended up having to pull it down because it's it's a gray zone. Yeah, because there's, yeah. there's not I enough so. information or precedence out there. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. it, it goes back to what we were talking about a minute ago with autonomous vehicles. If two Waymo cars have an accident, who's at fault? Yeah, we were touching on that with our AI episode, weren't we, about, like, who was at fault yeah. for that, that self-driving accident? Yeah, there was a self-driving accident in uh, California with a Tesla that was under the uh, full self-driving beta. And... It's not as black and white as it was led to be believed because the car was supposed to have stopped in this instance and the owner of the vehicle purchased the vehicle only under the impression that this vehicle would stop mm-hmm. and it didn't. So the jury basically said, well, we can't really hold Elon no. liable. However, <laughs> however, we can hold Tesla possibly liable because this big, this wouldn't have happened if Tesla wouldn't have announced that this is full self-driving. It, it became a whole thing, and it's still currently in the courts today, even though the accident happened, I want to say, in 2019. 
it is still in the courts today because it's such a weird yeah, question. It really is. And yeah. it, it's, I don't think it's one that really has a straight answer. No. Um, but as we'll see with more and more time, we will see how artificial intelligence will develop. We will see how just life deals with technology. Mm-hmm, definitely. Are we, going, are we going to embrace it like the developed society that we are? Or are we going to shun it when something bad possibly happens? Personally, I think that we should be getting prepared to embrace. We should be getting paired regulation set and ready to go. And we should start writing laws just to prepare, be prepared for that future. Yeah, yeah and, uh, and I will say um, just, just having uh, you on this episode, George, to give your perspective on technology as someone you know, that is kind of double our, our age and has seen the progression um, you know, almost at the infancy. I mean, you, you, ha- you saw the, the creation of the Internet. You saw the evolution of the Internet. And now we're here today with what we're dealing with. So I definitely want to thank you again for uh, spending the time and the energy and effort, not only to give your your uh, history, but your perspective as well. Well, thanks for having me on. And for anybody out there that hears this that might be at my age or older, don't, don't, uh, don't shy away from technology. Embrace it, right? You'll be doing yourself a big favor, but from a governmental standpoint, we need to keep these things under control. James Madison, one of our founding fathers, said, if all men were angels, no government would be necessary. And I think that's something that we really need to live by, especially in this day and age, as this technology has the capability of uh, running away from us. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, George, for joining. We really appreciate you here at the Uninformed Gamers. Uh, before we close out, George, one final question yeah. for you. Uh, who is John Lennon? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, kidding, John kidding. John Lennon was in a group called the Monkeys. Uh, you may have heard of them. Uh, you know, they were real big during World War II. all right all right thank you guys so much for joining us for another installment of the uninformed gamers i am one of your hosts you know me as devin also known as darkness tiger on xbox and darkness tiger 2 if you wish to connect to us you can reach out to our social medias on twitter we are uninformed at uninformed gamers and on tiktok we are at uninformed gamers you can give us a listen any which place you listen to podcasts whether that be Spotify, our iHeart Music, Google Podcast, literally anywhere you listen to podcasts, we are there. All right, guys, go ahead and give your sign-offs. Yeah, and uh, I am Chameleon. You can find me on Twitter at Chameleon Games. That is the best spot to reach me. And as always, I have been Rad Dreams from a Rad Dreams review on YouTube, as well as Rad underscore Dreams on Twitch. And I'm also uh, Rad Dreams twitter as well and we'd like to give a special shout out to george thank you so much for joining us we will catch you all next episode bye later